The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard, Darren, so um, we've been doing a lot about channeling and about specific telepathy and clairaudience the last few weeks, yeah. and I thought we could take ourselves on to um, um, clairvoyance, so another aspect yeah. of psychic powers, one that you have a lot of experience with, of course, as yeah. well still, and um, basically clairvoyance being psychic sight. So mm-hmm. I was going through uh, Unlocking Psychic Powers and also God's Guides and Guardian Angels, mm-hmm. um, which, in which I love that you share a lot of fascinating stories you know, about experiences from your own life that really yeah. help to bring these things to life for people, I think, because yeah. kind of like vicariously through your own experience, it's kind of like, wow, these things are really real and this is what it's like. They're real. But yeah. I, what, what I found myself sort of like wanting to, I was like, man, I wish I could, you know, if this is another, I wish I could ask more about it, but I have you right here, so I'm going to ask more <laughs> about it. Um, so today I thought we could, um, I'd love to dive into a couple of stories that I picked down, I'll go through those, but I thought we could start just with a little bit of the basics about what clairvoyance really is. Mm. Um, and you know, one of the first questions I guess I have just to kick us off is like, just what are you seeing if you're not, you know, are you seeing with your physical eyes or what is going on? when we can see something psychic. Can I just divert a tad sure. and come back to that? Sure. Thank <laughs> okay. you. Um, the reason that I wrote Unlock Your Psychic Powers, mm. which, by the way, wasn't my title, mm-hmm. and, and I dedicated the book to Dr. King with his permission, which was a wonderful thing. And, but the reason I did it was because by then, which was the early 90s, I'd been secretary of the Ethereum Society for you know, over 12 years. Yeah. And I started to realize, well, I had realized that you can't prove things to other people, no Mm. matter what you do, really, Mm. because of doubt or skepticism or conditioning or prejudice or whatever you want to call it. Even physical demonstrations. We've had one or two physical um, occurrences you know, where they're, they're physical phenomena in oh. the ethereal society. Oh, okay. Not many, but I know of three or four. Okay. Um, but even then, to someone who doesn't want to believe it, as poor old Madame Blavatsky found to her cost with her demonstrations, yeah. they won't. Yeah. They'll call you a fraud. They'll say you made it up. They'll come with a convoluted explanation, yeah. etc. So I realized the only way you can prove this is to do it yourself. Mm. And that's what, that was the thinking behind that book and the, and the workshops, which in some ways were more important than the book. Yeah. Because that's where people really experience I see. it. They get to do it themselves. Yeah, so yeah. now to come to you, your question, one of the things that we would do on many of my Unlock Your Psychic Powers workshops was to help people to see the aura. Mm. And just not to do a reading of it, just to get a glimpse of it. I see. And you know, I had a certain, and still do have a certain technique which can be used. And people, not everybody did. I mean, on, on those workshops, everybody had some result, okay. pretty much. And they walked out saying, OK, I experienced that. I also saw other people experiencing things, but I experienced this. So I would say maybe 40 or 50 percent 
I'm just a guess, of the people who tried this exercise did get a glimpse of the aura, which is a form of clairvoyance, which mm. is all I wanted to show people that you can do. So obviously mm. you can go a lot further. Yeah. So coming to your, whether it's the physical eyes or not, my own view on that is it isn't, but the physical eyes ground you. I see. So if you have a clairvoyant experience with your eyes closed, you won't necessarily see what's in your vicinity. Mm -hmm. You could have um, I see, I see. what okay. might almost yeah. be called remote view. You could yeah. even see something on another realm if you were advanced enough. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I've experienced that and many others have. I mean, it's not about, uh, let me stress this, this is a, not me. I mean, I give some examples that I've experienced, but other yeah. people, ordinary people, I, I've had people come to my class, demonstrate, as we mentioned before, psychometry in a way I've never done myself. Oh, yeah, the, you the know, example, uh, outstanding results mm. some people have had who, who've never done it before in mm. some cases. So this is for everyone, and we're all different. So with clairvoyance, that's, as you rightly say, psychic vision or psychic sight, um, that's a particular attribute. Now, all the senses, the five senses, can be used psychically, even taste. Um, and Dr. King spoke about that, and, and he actually believed that some wine tasters, without even realizing ah, it, yeah, yeah, were actually using, doing a form of psychometry or psychic taste in this case, um, to identify not just a region of a wine, mm -hmm. the, the year of a wine, but the exact location of the uh, place where it was made. Some of the things that they could do in certain cases, allegedly, and maybe they still can, were beyond available information from the physical taste. Wow. So, but they, they thought it was. And likewise, you'll get people in the, in the police, for example, who will have a hunch. Oh, they yeah. won't explain what a hunch is. Mm -hmm. And you'll get people who say, I've got a gut feeling. This, is a, this lingo is throughout our... Yeah, it's very common, actually. Very common, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm picking up your thoughts. Mm -hmm. People say these things without thinking, actually, I'm being psychic. Yeah. Well, you are being psychic at that mm -hmm. moment. If it's mm -hmm. true, that's a psych, that's telepathy. Mm. Um, so with, with clairvoyance, though, to, to come back to your question, I believe, this is my view of it, is that having the eyes open can help you to, as it were, fix your clairvoyance on a specific in your location. So if you're, for example, wanting to look at an aura, I would do it with your eyes open. But then you'll need to go beyond the physical eyes. I see. And that's yeah. something I teach people to do on these classes. And some of them get fairly quick, fairly quick results. Yeah. So, because one of the things that, you know, when people talk about clairvoyance, they're often associated with the third eye. Yeah, but, um, right. Is, so. that is that true? It is. Dot King made a, a, he was the man. I mean, he was the master. He was the man. He had it right down. I mean, mm -hmm. we're so lucky to have him. And as I've mentioned before, when I was starting to uh, channel and get do readings, he, he I, helped me. And I, I made a mistake at one point. He put me right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm very lucky to have had that training. And he, mm -hmm. he, I don't know whether he ever had those experiences himself or not, because he didn't say of, of, of making mistakes and going right. That's where you really learn, yeah. and then you never do it again. Um, but he really understood the chakras 
um, in a way that I've never known any other person who talks of psychic things or clairvoyance, because he gave a brilliant lecture mm. uh, on clair developing your clairvoyant powers, which true, was true, actually yeah. the inspiration behind my yeah. book, really, in a way, yeah. that concept, which we may come back to, because it's so unusual for a yoga master to be encouraging people to develop their clair... It may be unique. It mm. goes against yoga tradition, as a matter of fact. Okay, yeah. And he knew that. Yeah, I've not seen but it elsewhere. to your question, he said that very often when you think you're looking or through the third eye, you're genuinely having a, a vision, it's actually the solar plexus center which is being activated, not the third eye itself. So it could appear to be the third eye, and in one sense, from a psychic point of view, it doesn't really matter. From an evolutionary point yeah, of view, you're seeing that, it right? does matter, you know, mm. if you want to really go beyond psychic powers. Mm. And it, he, I think he attributed a lot of psychic development to an activation of the solar plexus center. But from a visual point of view, it could appear to be... Um, I mean, one that I did crystal gazing, and people who not because of the tradition of crystal balls, actually. For me, it was always a Taoist, Taoist symbol I from see. the very beginning. Well, the emptiness, the nothingness. The emptiness into okay. which all things come, you know, okay. the vacuum. The vacuum, yeah. And so I, nice. I, I was so looking like at that. it very mystically. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, people talk about a sort of... When crystal gazers talk about a kind of a fog coming over the crystal ball when you start to look into it and then images become clear. What actually I believe is happening is that the eyes start to become blurred. Okay. Uh, and you, you, you stop your focusing through the eyes. Mm. And then I'll just put it this way, you move towards the third eye, but mm. it may well be an activation of the solar plexus center. Oh, it's, it's interesting. And so, and so, like in a recent show, you described seeing, I think, Count Cagliostro, I did. Um, who, you did, who, who then channeled at that point. Mm. So when you were seeing him, I mean, what was, you know, if you explain this to someone who was trying to validate their own experience that they were starting to have of, of psychic powers and mm. a little bit of clairvoyance that they were beginning to manifest, what, what could we say that would help them kind of validate that they were really seeing something psychically? Yeah. You know, what does it look like? You know? Yes. Uh, well, first thing I would say is this, is that a, uh, if you see somebody clairvoyantly, mm. the, the, there is a health warning here I should give. I mean, a mental health warning. Okay. That, you know, you can become deluded if you aren't careful. And I always come back to these three words, I don't know. Mm. Every developing psychic, in fact, everybody actually, not just a developing psychic, needs those three words. Some psychics don't like to ever use them. That means either the ego has come in or they, they, they have some deluded idea that they think they have to know everything and they can't say, I don't know. Mm. You've got to be able to do that. So it could be your imagination. And okay. you don't... So let me say that first. But sure. when you're really starting to have a psychic vision of, of a, another individual, like you mentioned Count Cagliostro. He mm. was interested, as, as a matter of fact, in a book I was writing at the time, which was called, U, it's called UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. Oh, was that, was it? And actually, oh, he's, in, he's mentioned in that book. Okay. Uh, in another context. context. Um, he's interested, I believe, in the Ethereum Society anyway, mm. um, but especially interested in Dr. George King as a master okay. and what he really is. Mm. But that's by the by. When, when you start to see uh, someone, and if you do see them, this is a strange thing, but they could be far more of a presence 
in the room, if you're in a room, mm. than a physical person in the same room. They are not physical, and you have, well, it has to be clear on that. They're not on this physical realm anyway, let's put it that way. Very often, in his case, they will manifest in a way that would be identifiable you know, to us. Okay, like something we'd be able to recognize yeah. and valid, help us validate afterwards. And it, often, often, it's an impression. It, you, it's your impression that you're being given mentally I see. by them of themselves or through them. or it, it's, Sometimes you can go beyond that. I mean, the way, and this is for an advanced person mm -hmm. to go beyond that, of course, is astral projection. And okay. that's, a, that's a different topic. I'm not recommending this. Um, I, it's something I'm very interested in. And uh, again, which I discussed with Dr. King more than once. And um, it's something I applied myself to in the 80s, really trying to do that. But then you are moving to their realm, I probably. See. And then it's just, they're just as physical as you are. But that's off topic. Generally, you're getting an impression, uh, degrees of impression, let me call it, of that person, a mental impression of them, which is them, but it's what, you know, it's them on this realm. So, because they may not be capable of traveling to this realm. It's, so uh, it, it will depend on the, on the psychic, let me say, how much of an impression it is as against how much of a firm reality it is. It's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because um, a lot of people, as you've described in the past, kind of present themselves in a way that would be recognized Very much. based on how they were you know, recorded historically and everything yeah. else. And I think that, you know, that's been the case in some other examples you've described. To yes, me. and particularly if you're, if you're helping, you're giving a reading, for example, to someone. And I want to be clear here, I mean, psychic is, uh, clairvoyance is not my first suit, as it were, as they say. I mean, my first suit is, if people are familiar with that phrase, or, <laughs> or my, the one I'm best at sure, sure, yeah. is clairaudience, psychic mm. hearing. Mm. But um, it's very, very useful. It doesn't always happen. Um, it, it could, in my case, it would be probably less than 50% of the time when okay. I'm getting a contact, will there be a clairvoyant impression? I see, okay. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, sorry, I think you asked me a question. I've, I've no, no, I was just, just going to come back to that uh, one other point, actually. You mentioned the other realms of existence. I thought maybe I did, just yeah. give people a little bit of background there. So yes, sure. when you were seeing, when you were having a psychic vision, you were saying, like, um, what are, you, are you seeing like on another realm that's also here present at the same place? Or are you seeing someone who's like projecting a mental impression onto this realm? Like what is going on? It's a fascinating topic that. Yeah. It's a fascinating, <laughs> which I don't think has been fully um, okay. revealed. Okay. Because what is the difference between um, somebody, you know, we have different levels. So, mm. so we have, this, this level is known as level one. Mm. And then you have other realms. So the higher realms, we won't go bother about the lower realms right now, sure. which shouldn't exist, but they do. Mm. But there's level two, three, four, five, six, seven. So these are levels of frequency. Mm. So people inhabit those realms. And those people who aren't clairvoyant can't see them. Um, you can act, you, people do travel sometimes to one of those realms in their sleep state. Right. Um, they are there. Now, you have um, a guide or a, an individual making contact with a psychic person and being visually present and the psychic can see them. They are seeing that person on this realm. I see. And so it, it's, a, it's like a fascinating 
The difference with level one, by the way, is this level, this physical level, that here we have multitudinous frequencies of energy, actually. I mean, the level has a basic frequency, but there are, we know, we've had um, the likes of a, of a Mozart, a Gandhi, mm. um, all sorts of, you know, you could name people who've, who've attained yeah. very high frequencies of consciousness, and mm. someone's fortunate who've attained very low ones, while still being in the physical body on this realm. So there is that difference, whereas you would tend... And some people will leave this body to go to a higher realm, and they mm. did. And, you know, Master Chang Fu, for example, oh, who yeah. spoke through Dr. King, is one such example. They would head, you know, understandably, if they wanted to gain real enlightenment or cosmic consciousness or nirvana, to the highest realm that they could attain sometimes. So that yeah. was their goal. Um, but so there is, there is a lot, lot to be revealed, I think, uh, and understood about the relationship between, say, someone who's vibrating at a very high level on this realm, this physical realm, mm. and somebody who's actually on another realm. So it's a different thing to see an advanced soul um, on this, who's visiting you from a higher realm, mm -hmm. or you're getting a vision of, and it can vary. I'm going to come back to that. It can be anything from just an impression that they're giving you of them. It can be what people used to call a vision. You know, many people who have had visions of the Virgin Mary, visions of Jesus, of St. Peter, uh, and uh, of Buddha, of different uh, beings, Sri Krishna, whoever it might be, yeah. doesn't mean they're being visited by that. I see. There's this between a vision and actually... So there, there are many, many yeah. ways that it can happen. But if you mm. are being visited by them... Um, and depending how far you're able to you know, penetrate the reality mm. of their presence, it will be anything from a vague impression of them, which is still quite valuable, all the way through to an actual seeing of them. And it'll also depend whether they're able to come here and visit you or not. Mm. So the, the, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make this ter terribly complicated, <laughs> but there are a lot of variables in it. Yes. Yeah, but at the end, yeah. you know, you are enhancing your... For example, I do believe if you were able to see not through the solar plexus centre, but actually through the third eye, it would be very different. How would you compare the I, two? I would say then you, you're, you're going beyond an impression to reality. I see. Okay. That would be my view of that, yeah. Okay. But, but, I mean, it sounds like the bottom line is that most clairvoyance... Um, is happening through the solar plexus center, and very rarely are people actually perceiving directly through the third Yeah, eye. I wouldn't want to be dogmatic because, mm. you know, there's two centers between those two mm. and the centers below. Mm. And, and as we've mentioned before, not all psychic powers are used correctly. Mm. And uh, they can also be used, to, sadly, to do harm. And if you take remote viewing, which I touched on, there's definitely been attempt, attempts by governments to use that for warfare, to bring psychics into... Uh, these governments, uh, both in the East and the, and the West, and get them to try and use their remote viewing capabilities uh, to... And they've also tried to get them to, to, to project, yeah. according to some papers, use these psychic powers, I in other words, for too. warfare. Yeah. So if those people were doing that, I'm not going to... I don't know how low a chakra they might be using, or even whether they're... They, they're and this is another issue, but whether it's an activation at the back 
mm. of the spine or the front. Mm. Um, there's many possibilities. I didn't consider that, but that's really like weaponizing psychic powers in uh, a negative Absolutely, way, and of course, if, if one was to deal with the what used to be called the black arts, I don't know whether one can use that now, probably not, uh, but let's say negative magic, let's mm. call it that, or harmful magic. They uh, definitely were um, quite psychic, and no doubt still are, mm. uh, but an activating lower centers in not always up the back of the body, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. And they conduct various rituals to do so, but they do gain psychic powers mm -hmm. and they misuse them. That's the difference between psychic powers and intuition. That's why my big advice, other than being able to say, I don't know, is to always keep the intuition flame burning. Yeah, okay. Your own intuition, your own inner voice. Never stop that, never quench that. That's when I went wrong in the very early beginnings. I was so excited, and it's very exciting. You can keep awake at night. It's, you know, the first time you have some of these experiences, well, certainly totally. in my case, totally. you, you know, you can get really uh, high on it and you can run along with it, and I forgot to keep the intuition flame burning, and that's when some mistakes crept in. So you want to keep that always there and follow that always. That's If it's a choice, go with your intuition. Mm, yeah, no, fantastic advice, I think, for people to hear. And, and just to your point about keeping you awake, I think it goes back to your point about experiencing these things for yourself, because you know, ultimately, I think that's the point at which you actually really believe. I mean, that's yeah. what, for me, when I, when I had some of these experiences, I was like, oh my God, it's actually true. Yes, I mean, yes. I'm just going to sit here because what else, you know, it's like, yeah. that, that is a game-changing moment, I feel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you might believe someone else's experience, but, you know, there is still some deep-seated doubt because you haven't, haven't, haven't actually done it yourself. But once you do, like you said... That's why you need to unlock your psychic powers. Yeah, yeah, coming yeah. back to the top. <laughs> That's why, though, yeah, yeah. because then you know. Yeah. And as long as you've done it in a sensible way, and the beauty of everything we teach, and the credit, 100% of the credit for this goes to Dr. George King, mm. is that it's yoga-based. And that's so different. It could be unique. And I think we may have talked about this before, but you know, the, the yoga schools, the traditional ones, discourage psychic development. Mm -hmm. And it even happened to Dr. King yeah. when he learned from Dr. Shastri prior to him being contacted by extraterrestrial intelligences as their channel and so forth. When he was learning, and he admired Dr. Shastri greatly, and his sister told me that too, mm. uh, because she was living in London as well. And his center's still there in Notting Hill in London, Dr. Shastri's center. He's not, he's, he's moved on, of sure, course. Sure, yeah. But um, Dr. King, though, caused a bit of a stir even there on this very point by basically challenging one of Dr. Shastri's speakers and saying, how can you give up psychic powers or clairvoyant abilities? When you, how can you detach from them when you haven't developed them? Mm -hmm. And that that was a and actually Dr. Shastri himself later agreed with Dr. King, told Dr. King he was actually right about that. Mm. But they still don't they don't teach that. So right. Dr. King marrying these two. And of course the reason what's changed? Service. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's about service. In the old days it was about gaining enlightenment for yourself. Therefore that if that's all you wanted to do, then yeah. yes, psychic things will happen, but you detach from them and get back to what you're doing. Yeah. But if you want to help others, I mean I, I have a ten point just ten ways um, which which I've spoken about that you can use psychic powers to help others. You know, people have come up to me and said, Well look, I'm very interested in your workshop, but why should I want to develop psychic mm. powers? Because they're they seeing it as a selfish thing. Mm. And I've turned to them and said, well, 
then you can help others with it. Yeah. They go, oh yeah. gosh, I'd never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going I'm to come back to you on those two points on, on our, one of our next shows because I think there's a lot to unpack there. I think it yeah. be really, really helpful for people. Mm. Just before we close out this one on, on clairvoyance, though, I'd, lo I'd love to go through just a couple of examples of stories that you shared in your books. Yeah. Um, and, just, and just maybe you can add a little bit more kind of commentary around them or, or any yeah. other insight that wasn't there. The first one here, um, a story you recounted, uh, I think you were being asked to perform an exorcism in the basement of a building that was formerly a Roman Catholic church. And maybe I can just read a couple of short paragraphs. Yeah, here just to remind into. me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So you said, I walked down the steps with all guns blazing as they were marching into battle. Oh, yes. As my assistant chanted mantra began to summon the help of the higher forces. Yes. I tuned in and scanned the room clairvoyantly. And to my complete astonishment, all I could see was a little old priest in black robes, shivering with terror as he cowered in the corner. And I think some of the preamble there was um, mm. that the people who'd been working in the basement had been, you know, it was actually mm. some bad vibe they'd been hearing they had. something like That's that. That's true. Yes. Which would scare them. And they they wouldn't go there. In. They wouldn't go down. Really? I think I might be wrong, and it doesn't matter this one way or the other. It sure. might be a good thing, this. But I think they, they I believe they were Irish Catholics. Okay. Um, yeah. And they, they did, wouldn't go in there. So, yeah, that, I, I do remember that. And it was quite, quite vivid because I felt sorry. You know, this is the thing people mm. sometimes, these aren't ghastly entities. They're sad, lost people. I mean, years after this, actually, I went to stay in a, in a hotel with Alison, my wife, oh, yeah. and some couple of friends in Sicily, actually, which had been a convent and a very important one. And while we were there, one of my friends wanted to do some mantra in the part of this building that was, um, had been used you know, for worship and so on. Sure. And we did, you know, no other guests were around, and um, it stirred something up. Yeah. And there was a whole network there of people who were kind of stuck there, who'd been um, resident there. Um, I, I, actually, I say a convent. I think it could have been a monastery. Oh, monastery. Monastery. Monst yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I got that wrong, yeah. And I had a guide at the time, actually, that I, I mentioned in an article which Dr. King published in Cosmic Voice called St. Rock. Okay. And he was like, he, he, he obviously was canonized by the church. Actually, not while he was alive, 400 years after his death. He, while he was alive, he was a heretic. Mm -hmm. That's typical, I think, yeah. of the Catholic Church. But anyway, um, <laughs> right. but he was very okay. venerated by these monks. So he was able to help them. And all this was, you know, I had a sleepless night after that. But again, what came out was not a load of sort of demons, but sad people who were trapped. Interesting. Now, to some people, a little bit like on the other side of things, you, you might... If you, if you were of a, and I'm not picking on Catholics particularly at all, I mean, it could be any religion, but in this case, you might have a devout Catholic who's, who feels a female presence bringing great healing and attributes it to the Virgin Mary, but mm -hmm. actually it's not. Mm -hmm. It might be a, a sister of mercy who's passed on, it could, or it might not be a religious person at all, but that's, that's the, the conditioning or the thinking sure. process. In the same way, you get some rather sad people um, who don't like probably this place we were talking about, the, 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 the priest, um, it's coming back to me now, who was stuck in there, he didn't want it to be used in the way it was going to be used. And it, it, it was, he was wrong, he shouldn't have been there anyway, and he probably benefited from this because he moved on. Not because uh -huh, of what yeah. I did, the but because experience. of some other guides yes. will then help him to move on. Mm -hmm. um, 
But they aren't necessarily like the devil incarnate. They could just be some sad figure who's causing trouble. I, I remember doing a, an, another um, exorcism or, or helping a girl who would never leave the house. She just would not leave the house. She was a, a teenage girl and her mother asked me to help. And I, I did. They, they, I think they were a... I think a West Indian family, not that that really matters, but they were living in London. All right. And the girl was like being prevented from going out. Now, what, when I, st this is why you should, by the way, don't try and do exorcisms as, as a general, <laughs> okay. you know, and, and definitely don't do them if you're not psychic. And mm. I, I know cases of vicars who've come unstuck um, trying to help people because they couldn't see what they were dealing with. I see, okay. Um, so you need to know. But in this case, again, it wasn't some ghastly person haunting this girl. It was actually her father who had died, um, who came from another country, didn't like the standards of London and the behavior of particularly boys, teenage boys oh, in London. Daughter, and he was yeah. actually and literally trying to protect his daughter and stop her from going out. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it wasn't an evil person. It was misguided. You can understand. Yeah, and yeah. again, the guides came in, talked to him, and then later she did indeed go out. And as far as I know, everything was fine later. Mm. But it, again, it's, it's quite revealing. And this is why, you, you know, you do need to... You do need, with, by the way, with psychic things, not only do you need to be psychic, but you need to also, again, I come back to intuition and, if, mm. and, and ideally have some count, type of counselling ability. I see. Because psychic information isn't always helpful. This is a little spoken about topic, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I actually believe all psychic consultants, and I, I didn't have this training before I became one, actually, mm -hmm. and, and Dr. King set me up as one, but I did have experience of giving guidance to people before then. Um, but I think it would be helpful if all psychic consultants had some counselling training of some kind. Okay. But I also think all counsellors oh, and all psychotherapists could yeah. do well to have psychic training. Mm. Yeah, I think those story, what those stories illustrate for me is, is actually a combination of different things happening, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's the clairvoyant aspect, perhaps even the clairaudient aspect, but also there's you know, having to interpret this information in a sensitive way for mm. someone who might be involved. And also you mentioned also the help of the guides that were working with you. I think mm. that, was, that, that was in a couple of these cases too. Mm. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean. This is like... Um, it's a massive subject. Yeah. We're I, just tapping into an enormous topic yeah, here now. I, I'd love to get into another in a, in, a, in a future show about kind of bringing these things together in the most important way that you described yeah. in, that, in that little story you told earlier, which is actually you can use them to help people. Yeah, um, and I'd also say you can't ever really... I'm getting off topic here now as a little teaser for Oh, yeah, show. go for it. You can't <laughs> really ever, I don't think morally anyway, become a... a an attorney at law, a barrister, uh, if you have an, a developed intuition. My parents always wanted me to be that, by the way. But I think that is a profession, just one of them, for people who don't have intuition. Because you know they were lying. You would know. See, the whole premise, isn't it, of, of, of law, 
mm. uh, is that you don't know, and everybody deserves their defence so that the truth will come out in the, in the mm. case and so on. All judges, really, should be intuitive people. Mm. But, they, you know, that the system, like, it's not just law, by the way, you have it in education, you have it in other professions, advertising, and that you name it, is all predicated on a certain educational academic structure, mm. which if we brought back or brought in metaphysical, mystical thinking would change all the parameters. There's a teaser. <laughs> Thank you very much. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.